two, one, zero. We have commit and we have liftoff at 2.13. Prepare yourself for a world of sacrifices. Voices, Good morning, everybody. Conley here, KVLF. It is Science Nights in the morning on Saturday. Hey, Conley. Whoa. This is Spooktober. Oh, it's Spooktober. You need to do a, a spookier intro. Oh, okay. All right. Let's do this. How's that? That's that's a little better. Okay. Can you do it in a Count Dracula voice, yeah. though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome one, welcome all to the uh, Spooktober episode of Science Nights in the Morning. Ha, 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 ha. That's a that's a really bad. Is, is that's, that that sounds like uh like the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> okay, but maybe, I guess yeah. that's spooky enough because uh, we probably got some kids listening. We don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with a Jewish count Dracula. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like cool. The, <laughs> it's all kosher. It's all it's all kosher, baby. All right, no, but we uh we have a really spooky episode for you today. We're gonna be that's talking right. about monsters and monsters, ladies and gentlemen, they're real, and they have been here. And we have remnants of these monsters in uh, antiquity and in our uh, geology, I guess you could say, yeah. right? In, yeah. our, in our fossil record. In our fossil record. Yeah. So you're going to tell us about some of these spooky monsters, and I'd like you to kind of name them. I want our listeners to kind of be able to go online and, and look at these, and I'll try to do my best to describe what these things look like. Yeah, you might you might be aware of a, a few of these, Conley, because you took historical geology with me. But I did. Um, <clears throat> yeah, those of you who are listening, um, I'll do my best to kind of describe what these things looked like um, and what, you know, the fossil record we have of these different um, animals. So I've compiled a list of all of the extinct animals that I think are kind of creepy, kind of scary. Whoa. Is oh, no. What? what? Who is that? That's Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's not on my Oh, list. my gosh. We're, we're, Tom, we're not alone in here. Hey. Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> what? Hey, what's Terry going on? Terry? Sean is a zombie. <laughs> what's going on, guys? <laughs> I, I don't think. He said something about creepy. I, I'm kind of creepy. What's going on? <laughs> I don't think we're talking about that kind of creepy, but hey, Sean Dram, everybody, zombie Sean Dram, back hey from the guys, day. what's I, going on? I think it's creeper Sean Dram. <laughs> you guys want some candy? Oh god, I got some candy. <laughs> oh man, just uh, I thought I saw a van drive up, but uh, <laughs> anyway, what's up, Sean? How are you doing, man? What's up, dudes? What's going on? Not much. We're just talking about. Are you enjoying stuff. your spectacular October? Oh yeah. It's very spooky, spooky here in Alpine. It definitely is. And we're talking more about things that uh, terrify us in regards to real things that that have been here. Real monsters. Real Real monsters monsters. that have existed. Yeah. But lucky lucky for us, they don't live anymore. My my list is... Or do they? No, they don't don't exist anymore. I don't mean... Seance, seance? No. no, we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna let the let the cryptozoologist co-opt this one. Oh man. Um, so I have my list, um, and I've got a lot of stuff on here. Some of these animals, um, I'm not 
I'm not an expert on, but a few of them I know a little bit about. They're not all dinosaurs. That might surprise you. I've kind of gone through geologic time, and I have them all in order, going all the way back to the Cambrian 541 million years ago, all the way up to uh, just a few million years uh, ago, three and a half million yeah, years that's, ago. I like that, because it kind of begs the question, is nothing before the Cambrian really could qualify as being scary, even though <laughs> not really, it, would no. have been a, it would have been a predator of some kind, maybe, but it would be so small. It'd be so pathetic. Yeah. Not really scary. Or it's you, really a, after that, that things start really getting big and scary. Yeah. And the reason, and we'll talk about why that is, um, is because there are more things for other things to, to prey on. And pred- yeah. predators tend to be kind of scary. Even modern predators. Why have is big that? Why, why don't they look a little cute? And then like, you know, rah, I, I guess there are some examples of that, but for the most part, they have to be kind of finely tuned killing oh. machines oh, okay. um so big big fluffy cute things don't tend to be finely tuned well do they machines. see themselves as cute like do these like terrifying monsters see another terrifying monster and like hey probably so you think so yeah oh yeah, uh, yeah. is it just have you ever have you ever seen a female eurypterid no i haven't <laughs> but i'm gonna google it with safe search filter yeah. off right now i've kind yeah, of let's get let's get what's your first one let's get started so my first one are conodonts now Sean, what? yeah, Sean. Sean is going <laughs> to laugh at this one uh, because yeah, he knows actually, you're right. He knows what a conodon is. Um, yeah, but if people are are on Google right now, looking up these these animals, and you type in conodont to to Google Images, you're going to get some pretty weird, bizarre, terrifying images. Now the important thing when it comes to conodonts is they're terrifying up close, but they're it's all scale dependent. They're tiny, tiny, tiny little organisms that live during the Paleozoic. Um, well, they actually persisted into the, the Mesozoic. Conodonts, for the most part, are known from these little tooth elements. Conodont actually refers to the tooth elements, not necessarily the animal. Um, but they're really cool little tiny organisms that are probably one of the earliest vertebrates, meaning the earliest members of this lineage of things with backbones. Um, <clears throat> and that's something that, that has been kind of hotly debated over the past 10 years. Uh, but scientists have pretty much arrived at the, the fact that they're probably early vertebrates. Um, a lot of people think they're early fishes, too. Hmm. But um, their tooth elements um, in the more complex species are really, really scary, scary looking. They've got all of these spikes and, and knobs and protuberances. And when you know how those little tooth elements are kind of configured in the, the mouth opening of this little worm-like or, or eel-like animal, um, they're kind of situated in this radial pattern around the mouth opening. And yeah. you have, in some cases, multiple layers of these going to the back part of the, the jaw um, where you have these flat elements. But I always kind of compare them to, uh, they're a little bit like the Graboids from Tremors. And this is like one of Sean's favorite movies. So. Well, Dune, oh, yeah. ju- Dune just came out and I watched it. They mm-hmm. look they look kind of like a real buggy-eyed sandworm. sandworm. Yeah. 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 And they have, they have big eyes. They have a paired set of eyes, which is another reason people think that they're probably vertebrates. Wow. 
Um, and they have a really simple body plan. We do have a couple of really well-preserved ones where we can see soft tissue impressions of the body. So they're just these tiny little, little eel-like animals with a fl tail fluke and two big bug eyes and these really complex mouth parts. And those teeth, that's, what were we going to say, Sean? Yeah, so that's, uh, the, the tooth elements were known forever and have been useful fossils, but it was only recently, right, that we found pretty good evidence of the soft tissue to be able to tell what the hell the things were. Yeah, over the past 10 years, yeah. I think. Um, maybe yeah, even longer cool. because we, we, I think when I was um, a master's student, these discoveries were just being published. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they're, they're cool looking little organisms. But Sean brought up a good point um, about their tooth elements, how they're really useful in, uh, in paleontology and geology, especially when dealing with, with Paleozoic rocks, any, anything that's 541 to 251 million years old. They're really commonly used as what we call an index fossil. So they're so different, they're so diverse, that it's easy to distinguish species. Some people even think you can classify subspecies based on these tooth elements. Um, it's so easy to classify them, they're so unique. Um, and they were short-lived, each one of these species. So you can establish individual discrete um, intervals of time based on the presence of different conodont elements. Um, hmm. But they, for the most part, went extinct at the end of the Paleozoic. Um, one genus persisted into the Triassic, um, Hindiotis parvus, but um, really useful and creepy, but it's all dependent on, on the scale, right? Well, Thomas, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm going to push back. Um, these things are like three inches long. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or even smaller. Even smaller. But than here's, that, yeah. so that's why I laughed at you when you first brought it up. But then I remembered that some of these rocks that we're, you're pulling these things out of are like completely loaded with hundreds of these little tooth elements. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which means that there could have been thousands of those little buggers swarming around in the Paleozoic Ocean. And like, so this is one where like, if, if you're, we you watch your science fiction horror movies and it's not necessarily a big creepy cr critter that scares you because Godzilla is just ludicrously big. He's stupid. He's not scary. What often scares me is like these ones where it's like thousands of these tiny things crawling all over you, trying uh, to eat mm -hmm. you by the, you know, the death of a thousand cuts. And that's where yeah. I think you're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. The conodonts, that sounds scary. There you yeah. go. There's my justification. And thanks wow. for helping me with that one. Uh, Sean. Yeah, it didn't make any sense at first, but then I was like, oh, yeah, he's on to something. Millions of conodonts. Yeah. Very scary. Wow. I also kind of imagine them swimming into orifices. Like the, what's the, what's that little <laughs> catfish? Little they look cat like a pearlfish a little bit. Uh, they look exactly like a pearlfish, actually. The pearlfish is the little bitty fish that lives inside the anus of a sea cucumber. <laughs> and then you're thinking, of, you're thinking of the tiny uh, catfish. I can never remember. It's like the Iruatu or something like yeah. that that lives in the Amazon that can, that can swim up a human urethra uh, and lodge lodge itself there um, where the sun don't shine. So, yeah, these things could have – oh, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave you all Millions that. of them. <laughs> my goodness. Okay. okay. My, my, next, uh, my next one on the list is one that I think Sean suggested um, – 
the Eurypterids. And yeah. we've we've talked about Eurypterids before um, when we talked about the Chalicerates. Um, but they're they're arthropods that lived um, or started uh, uh, evolved in the Ordovician and lived in the Paleozoic. And they're one of the kind of earliest um, predators that we see in the fossil record. Now the the common name for these is is a sea scorpion. They have kind of a, a scorpion like appearance, um, but they're kind of creepy for the for an opposite reason to the conodonts in that they got really big, um, at least compared to a lot of the other stuff that was living during the Ordovician. So if you can imagine a aquatic scorpion that is eight and a half nine feet long. Whoa, they're that big? Yeah. The the yeah. largest wow. largest species is about eight and a half feet long. The size of a coffee table, right? Yeah. The size of a cheese. So those things they had to have been the largest uh arthropod ever. I think I can't so. think of anything bigger. Yeah. Yeah, even even the big the big terrestrial stuff that lived during the Carboniferous wasn't they didn't get that big. But they wouldn't venture too far outside <laughs> the water, right? No, these yeah, were these that, were aquatic. at that time there was nothing there was really nothing outside the water anyway. No. So the oh, only okay. habitat available uh these were the top predators of that time because there was nothing on land yet, no animals. And oh. uh the ocean was yeah, there's there's no vertebrates that got bigger. So these were the top predators of the time. They were and they could have, and the crazy thing is that, you know, it's a time when the oceans are full of little invertebrates, nothing super impressive, but then there's these huge, scary arthropods that could have killed an adult human. Wow, yeah. They're that big. Yeah, I say that because when I look at uh, examples online, they're some up on a beach, like, you know, just chilling, hanging out mm. with a corona. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, go with ahead. A, with a corona beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we live in a time where we have to distinguish <laughs> the type of sure. who knows now. But. Okay, so uh, my next one. Now we're getting into into vertebrate territory here. Dunkleosteus. Oh yeah, Sean, you might have been expecting this one. I love this one. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is good. You'll, They're horrifying. You'll you'll notice that there's kind of a trend here. Um, a lot of what I have listed are animals that lived in the ocean, um, and something I always reiterate in my classes, like in my historical geology class or paleontology classes is we are lucky to live when we do, especially if you're someone who likes to go swimming in the ocean or surfing or boating. Yeah. We may think that something like a great white or an orca is terrifying, but until about two or three million years ago, everything before that was a hundred times more terrifying in the oceans. And Dunkleosteus is a great example of that. Dunkleosteus belonged to a group of, of armored fishes called the placoderms. They basically had these thick armor coverings over their, their heads and their neck. Now, if you look up a picture of Dunkleosteus, I hope people who are listening are kind of referencing this on, on Google. It is just a monster, 30 foot long fish, armored fish with these giant jaws. Yeah. Now, to, to geek out a little bit about about <clears throat> about uh, anatomy, Dunkleosteus doesn't have teeth like we think of teeth as being these individual things that sit inside of a socket. Hmm. Their teeth are like these giant scissors 
that are made out of sharp pieces of their armor. So again, if you pull up a picture of one of these things, look closely at its jaw structure. It has these, these pointed, broad um, cutting structures on its lower and upper jaw. Yeah. It looks literally like it's made out of plate mail. If you can imagine That's like right. medieval yeah. plate yeah. mail mm-hmm. and it has two giant like buck teeth spikes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just coming out from the top and then a layer of about four to six or maybe four to eight even uh, smaller spikes coming out the bottom. And if you could just imagine like plate mail with a bear trap at the end. That's kind of what this thing <laughs> looks go. like. See, you do a better job at describing things than I do. Oh, there we um, go. <laughs> and it's almost the, almost the length of a school bus. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's so, insane. To add, to add onto that, so if you were swimming around during the during the Cambrian, um, you'd have to look out for these things. And their jaws. How are, abundant were they back then? They were they were like the apex. They, they were the apex too. Predator. Yeah. Wow. A lot of these. Well, things, they, the, these guys, right, they, they're in the ocean after Eurypterids, because if, if you're wondering what happened to the Eurypterids, uh, why do we don't have them anymore? Part of the part of the explanation is that nasty things like Dunkleosteus and then sharks evolves uh, soon after Dunkleosteus mm-hmm. uh, and r- more or less made the made giant arthropods as big predators impossible. Yeah, because you can't. <laughs> Yeah, the Devonian was top. Was... So, Dunkleosteus. No. So, like, where the Eurypterids were kind of like a gizmo, like stripe, would definitely be <laughs> Dunkleosteus, right? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's going to get the cute predator. The grim, been, the, you wonder about cute predators and the gremlins. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There but we when go. they be, when they become predators, they get less cute. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's true, man. Terrifying uh, underwater. And how how far ago was this? How long? This like, is during the Devonian. Devonian. Yeah. Okay, so a few million, two million. No, we're we're ta- we're talking. Jeez, four hundred million. Four hundred six. Yeah, it's kind so of yeah, the, we, the early we, middle part of the Paleozoic. Wow. Yeah. This geez. is when when yeah. things really started to kick off and fish evolution. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, that is uh, terrifying. Before you get to your next one, we got to take a quick commercial break. But uh, we got to let our listeners and me kind of reset because, you know, a giant bear trap plate mailed, you know, armor tank that could just chomp your whole family tree yeah. in one chomp, like the size probably, of a school yeah, bus. Probably, is just probably eat a, a human in one bite. Easily. Easily. If it's the size of a school bus, it's crazy. Yeah. Don't want to feed that one a carrot or anything, right? Not after midnight. No, okay. No no water, right? Yeah, okay. Not after midnight. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more Science Nights in the morning. Hey, everyone. It's the Science Nights, and things are getting spooky in the studio. We're talking about scary stuff that lived uh, millions of years ago that's not around anymore unless you watch the History Channel, and then crazy people will tell you that some of these things are still alive. Don't listen to them. Listen to us. We're the Science Knights. You can trust us. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So um, where were we? We just finished up with, with a couple of uh, spooky things, finishing up with Dunkleosteus, the giant uh, school bus-sized terror of the Devonian Oceans. So let's move up onto land for a little bit. Um Moving into the the Carboniferous, um, towards the end of the Paleozoic, things started to populate the the land, the continents. And kind of the first animals to populate the continents were the arthropods. 
So uh, during the Carboniferous, there was a lot of oxygen in the atmosphere mm. um, because there were a lot of plants moving on the land. Um, and as a result, those little arthropods that had made their way onto land weren't so little anymore. So if you look at, at um, the, the animals that inhabited land during the Carboniferous, there's all sorts of terrifying things. Giant spiders, giant dragonflies. But the one I'm going to mention specifically is a giant millipede called Arthropleura, which was an eight-foot-long millipede, oh. if you can imagine that. Now, uh, Conley's been doing a good job of, of describing some of these things, but I don't know if there's much description that needs to be made when I say eight-foot-long millipede. Yeah, there's not wonder, there's not much. It definitely uh, all millipedes are armored, right? So yeah. this one has a little plate of armor on top of it. It's got bright, big, giant, like tons and tons of legs on each side. Uh, but uh, this one image of it, and as does it show a lot of characteristics to a regular millipede? Yeah, it's just like sized up, so it Take can like feet. get up. And yep. show it's underneath and yeah. all of its downstairs yeah. mix up. But they're herbivores. But they're, oh, so they don't really. <laughs> they don't, yeah. So Are they poisonous at all? I, I don't know if they've been able to. They're, they're more like millipedes than centipedes. They don't have the big, yeah. the oh, big right. pincers. Yeah, um, yeah so still. millipedes have, they, they secrete like um, toxic secretions as a defense mechanism. Uh -huh. But they're not, they're not venomous like centipedes where they uh, can bite you with you know venomous mm -hmm. fangs oh. so they're they're fairly harmless although with those toxic secretions very very few things eat millipedes right um yeah. i don't yeah. know if yeah. i remember a millipede be... like uh got on my friend and she had like an allergic reaction to it like got like, uh -huh. like yeah they... just a rash you know mm -hmm. but eight foot long that would cause a little bit more yeah rash, I'd, I'd, I'd be say. i'd be scared <laughs> yeah I'm very, uh, very um, curious about the eight feet, like how how thick it was at eight feet, because some millipedes are ridiculously skinny and long, and so yeah. they can be like, is it was this thing eight feet long and and a, a millimeter wide? No, so they, was this like a no. piece of string basically? No, they were they were a little bit more little more broad, like a like a or girthier. Yeah, um, okay. with, with these wide flat plates on their back. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, brightly colored is what uh, we don't know if they're brightly colored, but I know. what would you what would you think? I don't know. It's it's that we can in some cases tell how things were were colored if we have impressions of their of their tissue. Oh, so right. I don't know if they've done these sorts of analysis, but yeah, um, I I kind of imagine them just like that kind of that kind of dark maroonish color that the yeah, centipedes I, well, and millipedes have. I see some pictures on here that have uh, nodules on the plates, like an ankylosaurus, mm -hmm. you would imagine, like little nodules coming yeah. out of uh, of those plates. Those are probably so, correct. They, they, they've got good fossil evidence of these things. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. Yep. And scary. Creepy. <laughs> creepy. This isn't the cool episode, Conley. Come on. Oh, okay. All right. Creepy. Here we go. Creepy. <laughs> scary. Okay. We're moving back into the ocean for this next one. Um, the next one is a shark. I, I, I had to work really hard to exclude a lot of sharks from this list because, uh, I grew up on the Gulf coast and sharks are just scary. I don't know that there is a single predator on earth that is as well suited uh, to kill things as a shark. Sean, you might have different opinion there, but the one that I'm going to talk about is one of the more bizarre animals that's, that we have from the fossil record. 
uh, animal called Helicoprion. Now, Helicoprion has a, mm. has a funny name, but it relates to the structure and the array of teeth in its lower jaw. Whoa. Conley just looked it up and, and, and made a funny My face. My goodness, yeah. It's, it's one of the weirdest things that's been discovered in the fossil record. Um, and to give you a, a quick description, its lower jaw is basically a, a helix uh, lined with, with shark's teeth. Okay. Yeah, they definitely took inspiration with like your regular circular saw, you know, that you it would had cut a board. circular saw on its lower jaw. <laughs> it really, it really does. And and the top, in some of these instances, the top is very spiky, very pointy, mm-hmm. like the top part of the like where his nose would be. But then immediately underneath, you have this vertical line of shark teeth yep. that looks like it's literally on a screw, on a circular saw screw, just buzzing through things. Now, why on earth? Would it evolve to have that? It's it's still a big question. And if you can imagine when, when Helicoprion was first discovered, all they had was that that helix of teeth, that, that wow. swirl of teeth. Yeah. So scientists didn't know what the hell they were looking at. Um, it wasn't until later that they figured out just how it was arranged in the lower jaw. And it sits like a, like a chop saw or a circular saw. It's this yeah. vertical arrangement of teeth. Wow. Now, this is something whenever you get into these weird sort of body plans, the the people who study biomechanics really delve into it. And uh, from what I understand, the more recent theory is that uh, it was actually a pretty effective way of grasping and slicing their prey. Wow. So, in half. Yeah, they basically grab onto it in their jaw, and as they, they close their, their jaw, it would kind of retract and rotate inward. And it would use those big, broad, sharp teeth to to slice into it, basically. My goodness, how yeah, it's a can opener. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it does look like a can well, that, opener. That's a, that's another part of the theory is that potentially um, it could have used it to like pry open hard shelled organisms like oh, oysters, ammonites, and and shelled things. So, well, yeah. how how on earth would um, a, mo- a mommy helicopterian and a daddy <laughs> helicopterian like you know kiss each other well <laughs> <laughs> with this like butt saw clash this is, of... this is a spooky episode oh, okay all right all right well, come on sorry all right i'm afraid i'm afraid the spooky thing Conley, <laughs> is to tell you these things just don't kiss each other oh man sorry. no dang it yeah no it's right. way 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 kinkier than that but we don't have time <laughs> to get into it okay all right yeah that's for another episode fair enough fair enough okay sean's gonna appreciate my next choice here um, Diplocolis, another Permian guy. Um, Diplocolis is an amphibian. It's it's the it's the oh, boomerang yeah, shape. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Diplocolis is it, oh. it's not not necessarily scary. It did have tiny little sharp amphibian teeth, but it falls in more of the bizarre category and has a a boomerang shaped head with these two horns that are extending out of the back of the skull. Um, and really one of the more bizarre things that we have from the fossil record, um, the cool thing about Diplocolis goes, it's, it's all about biomechanics again, is why did it have such a bizarre head shape? Um, yeah. and scientists think that it has something to do with hydrodynamics that when it would, uh, when it would start to propel itself forward, that boomerang shape would basically cause lift mm-hmm. and allow it to rise up through the water. 
Yeah. So that's neat. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. You can almost test that with, with like a little Dipacolis uh, wind up toy. I'm, I'm sure see, they have. I'm sure they're, they're hi, it, hi, highly yeah. paid uh, mm. biologists who have, who have, Hopefully. who have put little, little Diplocolis toys in the, in the water tanks. Yeah. From the images here, it definitely looks like, I mean, it's mostly salamander, but the head looks like a manta ray almost. Yeah. And, like, the, and in, it's kind of a similar thing that, that rays and skates do is they oh, use really? their flat shape to, to, to kind of maneuver, mobility, yeah. but this one has the salamander body. And then uh, I noticed that this, again, the pigment, there's like one that looks like a tiger. Yeah, tiger a lot of that's just creativity. Is it just the creativity? paleo artist, yeah. Is um, it, am I on deviant art right now? Probably like, so. Okay. All right. Um, hey, a real quick plug. If you guys want to see the actual fossils of these things, the Whiteside Museum up in Seymour, Texas. They're, oh, cool. they're up there where the Permian red beds uh, crop out. And where these things are a dime a dozen, and they've got lots of these on display, the yeah. actual fossils. Oh, cool. If you want to take a road trip up to Seymour, Texas, check that oh. out. Say, say hi to our friends up at Whiteside Museum. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. Cool. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about a, a couple of um, additional scary things that actually come from that region. Um, Dimitri. Oh, good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk oh, about, good. we'll talk about Postosuchus here in a little bit. Um, but I'm going to lead in with 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 Dimetrodon, another yeah. Permian Permian vertebrate, terrestrial animal, not a dinosaur, not a dinosaur. But it's in the toy box yeah, with all you, the dinosaurs. If you had your bucket of plastic dinosaur toys as a kid, there was probably a couple of Dimetrodons stuck in there. They're they're not yeah. dinosaurs. They went extinct before the dinosaurs. It's that even toy. Evolved. It's that toy with that looks like a dinosaur and it has a giant sail. Yeah. On top of its like spine, yeah, coming quadru- out quadrupedal, four four legged guy yeah. with a big sail on its back, right? Um, and really pretty terrifying. Um, now the cool thing about uh, well, a lot of stuff that lived during the Permian was just bizarre. I think you know animals, evolutionarily speaking, were were experimenting with different body plans. The Earth was very different. We had Pangaea, we had the supercontinent, hmm. and the the position of the continents or the supercontinent at the time, scientists think play into the, to kind of the bizarre body plan of Dimetrodon, mainly the sail. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one of the cool things about about the evolution of these sorts of animals, they're they're reptiles. Reptiles um, were kind of the first terrestrial animals to be able to move away from, or terrestrial vertebrates to, to be able to move away from from water. Amphibians have to lay their eggs in water, and they have to grow to maturity in and around water. So they're kind of tied to to the margins of the continents. Well, when Pangaea formed, most of the interior was arid or semi-arid. So the, the reptiles who were able to inhabit those places had to adapt. And uh, scientists think Dimetrodon and other sailed vertebrates that, that lived alongside him um, evolved these sails as kind of thermoregulatory structures. Mm-hmm. Basically, we know that they were vascular. They had blood vessels that would run through the tissue. So what they were probably doing is using those sails either to warm up or cool off in these kind of uh, uh, arid, semi-arid regions of the interior of the of the continent. Basically, they could turn their sail towards the sun if they needed to to warm up. Mm-hmm. And they can turn it towards the wind if they needed to cool off, right? Mm. And as, as the toy and and most of these pictures that you look 
online for uh, when it comes to Demetrodon. The sail's always fully erect. Is it like always like straight it's, up? It's constantly? attached to their neural spine. Yeah, it's it's rigid. It's not so it so it's hard. Down. Like yeah. they're they're not they're not messing around like Stegosaurus like changing the plates. No, and, okay. no, no, no. It's it's a rigid structure. Wow. Um, maybe even more interesting than the sail though. The the creepy part about Dimetrodon is its skull. It has this robust, kind of short snouted skull. With big sharp teeth. Yeah. Now the 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 term dimetrodon means two measures of teeth, which means they have two types of teeth essentially. That's they're very similar, but 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 this is one of the first sort of terrestrial uh, vertebrates that has specialized teeth. Mm. They have these long, what we call caniform teeth, which are for grasping and piercing. Um, and then shorter, sharp teeth. And they also had teeth in the back of their, their jaw, essentially in the back of their throat. So if you look at the like jaw... molars? Not molars, no. Oh. All sharp, pointed teeth. Wow. Uh, but they have two rows of, of teeth in the back of their throat. Now, we, a lot of the examples we're giving here, we regard as the apex predators of the time. Same goes for Dimetrodon. We don't see anything else that would have contended with um dimetrodon okay mm-hmm. um and they were they were big they were big for a terrestrial animal 15 feet long um and probably moved fairly quickly like a like a a, a fast moving lizard right mm-hmm. um so they were scary spooky predators so like you'd say with the with the sail up rigid like it is like kind of like a Profile of a, a Mazda 3 or something, Honda Civic, <laughs> something like that. Sure, yeah. A little Honda Civic roam, yeah, little, roaming the earth. Yeah, okay. but with, with, with giant canine teeth. I gotcha. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, you're really trying to make this a non-spooky episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry about that. Okay, I'm moving on because we're just like halfway through my list here. Okay. Um, here's the Texas guy, Postasuchus. Postasuchus. Sean, you probably saw this in the, the museum up in Seymour. Uh, Postasuchus is named after the town of Post, which is a, a little town that's just at the base of the Cap Rock in north central Texas. Postasuchus, the best way I can describe it, is a bipedal, a two-legged crocodile with a T-Rex head. There we go. Basically, T-Rex that has never like missed arm day. Yeah, so so like T Rex with big arms. Yeah, the the head the skull looks very similar to T Rex, which yeah. is kind of the scary part. Uh-huh. Um, but again, these would have been apex predators during the time. These were around during the Triassic. Man. Um, thirteen feet long. Um, it was originally thought that they were that they were fully quadrupeds that they walked around on four limbs. But again, the the biomechanics people figured out they were capable of bipedal movement. Yeah. Um, so. Look up Postasuchus, a good Texas example. Well, why why on earth did Mother Nature create, like, obviously they put all the work into the, the head and the jaws. Like, that was the most important. So, were these things constantly hungry, constantly on the prowl? Like, why on earth did its head develop so much more than the rest of their body? Well, it's just uh, what I always tell my students and – if you look at the kind of fossil record as a whole, 
towards the end of of the time that major groups of of animals are around, things get weird. They they kind of arrive at at some weird body plans, but even more so when there's a big extinction like like the Earth experienced at the end of the Permian, everything that's left in a lot of cases starts to experiment with with what they have. Hmm. And in the case of something like Postosuchus, yeah. it left open a big predatory niche on land. And they had to occupy that as quickly as possible and as, fe- as effectively as possible. They hmm. weren't the only predators that were around. Right. Um, if, if you look at the terrestrial vertebrates, there mm-hmm. were all sorts of weird things. Wow. Uh, I, just, I just determined using my, my scientific opinion that Postosuchus was the, the spookiest. <laughs> there you go. I think you can spell spooky with Postosuchus. Almost. You, you could. Almost. Hocus Pocus, maybe. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. Um, That's okay. cool. Postosuchus is neat, but Conley brings up a good point. This thing is kind of clunky and big, thick. And at the same, around the same time, was there not like little bitty bipedal uh, dinosaurs like Coelophysis that were way more kind of elegant and long and sinewy uh, than this thing? A little bit later, we get the we get like Eoraptor um, and Herrerasaurus, okay. which are okay. So this strong- is this is way older than than Coelophysis. Yeah. So this is okay. like Mother Nature's experiment, like just trying out prototype here. Let's yeah, see but how it's, it goes. Yeah, it's it's, and you know, if the dinosaurs hadn't have have come around, mm-hmm. it it could have potentially evolved into something that was a really effective group of of animals. Hmm. But we had the Triassic extinction, which which right. got rid of a lot of a lot of those. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Little Foot. Yeah, that was that was much later. Very sad. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's. Uh, okay, I'm gonna let's dive back into the ocean here. Um, here's something that we've talked about before. I had to put it on the list because it it just deserves its spot on the list. And uh, Mosasaurus, the Mosasaurus, Mosasaurus is the largest of this group of marine reptiles that are really closely related to lizards, yeah. to monitor lizards. Um, Mosasaurus, that genus, the largest species of the group, I can't remember the name of the species, um, scientists estimate got up to 60 feet long. 60 Jeez. feet long. Yep. And this thing has the giant head of an alligator, flippers. like It's, a, got, it's got the giant what? head of a monitor lizard. Um, yeah, a monitor which lizard. Which is even scarier yeah. than, a, than that, an alligator. That, that's way scarier. Yeah, a monitor lizard. Oh, so my gosh. So basically these things are giant giant sea monsters, um, sea Komodo dragons. Think of yeah, that. That's yeah. what these yeah. things are. With, with cute little flippers. <laughs> that's the only thing. That's Spooky the only thing. Flippers. Flippers. Well, they have this flippers. giant alligator-like tail. Yeah. Right, with spikes yeah, they, on they the end. They propel themselves with their tail and with their, with their flippers. So they... they had to breathe air, right? Yep. So yep. they were mainly up in the top parts Pro- of... Uh, probably so. And that's not the case for all marine reptiles. We uh, do have like the ichthyosaurs that we think dove down to great depths. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about the top predators that have ever existed, I think Mosasaurus and the Mosasaurs are up there in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. Um, terrifying. And we, we find evidence of, of their predation on on uh, other marine organisms. We find their bite marks and giant cephalopod shells, giant uh, ammonite shells. 
Um, and they probably were really fast swimming animals and just overall terrifying. Why'd they call it Mosasaurus? Because it looks like, I mean, it could take a chunk out of the Red Sea, but I mean, it's huge. <laughs> this thing's giant. It's not, yeah. it's not Mosasaurus. It's, it's Mosa. I don't actually know what that prefix means. I, Do I don't you, remember Thomas? either. No. Yeah. It's probably someone's S- name or something. Something lizard. Uh, uh, yeah, probably there's... spooky. I think it's probably spooky. Spooky lizard. Spooky Saurus. Yeah. They're selling a, a, a figure of one of these with uh, Moses riding it. <laughs> so proof. Yeah. That man and dinosaur lived, coexisted. If it's on the internet, then it must be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, we're actually about to uh, get up to our next commercial break here. Uh, we're, we're just about there. So uh, let's continue after the break. We, how many more you got on your list here? We're, um, are we we're, we're going to fire, baby? Yeah, we're, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it Lightning happen, round. baby. We'll make it happen, Captain. All right, let's do it. All right, we're back, and we're going through the top spooky things uh, that lived in geologic time. We just finished up with Mosasaurus, this big uh, marine reptile that, that was a terror of the Cretaceous Ocean. Now, here's here's something I've, I've got to admit. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Tyrannosaurus rex. My name, is, my name is Tom Schiller, and I like T-Rex. I've had <laughs> students make fun of me for that because it's totally cliché. It's something, the same answer yeah. like a like an eight-year-old would give you. But I love T-Rex, and it was hard not to put my buddy T-Rex on this list. But I wanted to keep things interesting for people and, and throw out some kind of different novel um, answers for my, my list of spooky animals. So for our dinosaur representatives, I came up with, with two. My first one being Carnotaurus. Now, Carnotaurus translates to meat bull meat bull meat bull okay holy moly it's basically dinosaur satan Uh, (laughs) okay so carnotaurus it's the dio of the dinosaurs yeah the dio of the dinosaurs (laughs) okay had a high falsetto um so carnotaurus lived um in the cretaceous the same period as as t-rex and all these other giant theropods it wasn't actually that big, um, <laughs> comparatively speaking, at around thirty feet, being being its its maximum length. Yeah, that's still pretty. Still pretty big. But how, how big was the tyrannosaur? Like the bit largest one? Like forty feet. So okay, so yeah, about ten, got about ten, got feet, about on ten yeah. feet on it. The terrifying thing about about Carnotaurus is kind of its unique anatomy. Yeah. Um, its most characteristic feature are the two big horns that sat over its eyes. Yeah, um, definitely got that like Leslie Nielsen style eyebrow bushy thing going. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, it's, that's, it's, really, that's what it looks like. That's really spooky. I would go more with like like Satan or terrible okay, yeah. meat, meat bull. Leslie Nielsen, though, I mean, it kind of looks more like him. He was Dracula in a movie. I think. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Carnotaurus had these two horns over its eyes. It, it belonged to a group of dinosaurs called the Abelosaurs, which. Um, Included things like Cryolophosaurus that had all these weird projections coming out of their skull. Look yeah. up pictures. Um, and it had a really beefy neck to hold up this, this kind of short, robust skull. And it had tiny, tiny little arms, even tinier than T-Rex. Yeah, you can't even, on these pictures, you can't even see the arms. No, they, they probably served no purpose at all because this thing was just a finely tuned machine for running down prey 
and and dispatching headbutting rivals. Yeah, head headbutting rivals. rivals. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious when you look at at their even their skeletal anatomy with the big thick neck and the two horns. The name Meat Bull is is pretty appropriate because they probably yeah. they probably did like like bulls do and then would spar with each other by butting heads and oh yeah yeah and they could run fast too they could they could run the the estimate from their like trackway and their and their their skeletal structure is like 30 to 35 miles per hour so they're all leg like they were all about their legs kind of yeah pick, neck. picking a direction and running in that direction as fast wow. as they could um, and they had big big jaws for for killing things right so i think carnotaurus pretty damn creepy yeah i mean it's a good one that just like ugh, just the fact that it has like a place for arms but there's no arms there and giant neck and a giant jaw and huge legs and uh that's just didn't, terrifying d- didn't michael Crichton make uh carnotaurus the villain of the lost, lost world, world? Yeah. Jurassic yeah. Park? Yep. at the yeah. lost world yep yeah yeah that's I don't funny know they, they didn't take it because they, he made it pretty. He was a, this is a very creepy dinosaur in that book, and they've never really uh, they never made it into the movies. Surprisingly, it's yeah. a it's a good one. I think it, it it like hunts the the protagonist in in Lost World. Oh yeah, it's, and it's, it's got like uh, it's it it's got like chameleon capabilities. Oh so yeah, it's that's like, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this ghostly thing that just emerges out of nowhere. It's like a thirty foot beast that you can't see. It's pretty great. Yeah. Golly, don't don't ever watch that movie in the Lost <laughs> World. Just just read the book. It's the got, movie it's ruins got good the parts. book. That's it's the only got good movie. parts. Yeah. It does. nothing better than a tyrannosaur running amok in San Diego. That that was <laughs> yeah. I don't that's know if good I, stuff. I don't know if I'd consider that one of the good parts. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part, man. It's that's cinema right there. Yeah. It's, it's great. Gulping water out of the swimming pool. <laughs> right. Chlorine. All right. By far my favorite part. It's unbelievable. It's off the chain. Yeah. It's very Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So what's next on your list? Okay. This is great. Uh, this is my, my next dinosaur. I only have two dinosaurs on here. Therizinosaurus. Oh, you got me on that one. Therizinosaurus. You stumped me. I, don't, I have no idea what this is going to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a, a Freddy Krueger dinosaur. Oh. Um, I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to oh, tell yeah, you. Oh, yeah. I think we, you've talked about these things before, these big-armed things. That, oh, my God. Yeah. Three-foot three foot claws on their on their their hands what the it's like part bird part di- like dinosaur almost like big little foot from land before <laughs> you're having time. trouble describing it i understand and, uh, <laughs> in giant freddy krueger hands like, so freddy krueger is yeah. the best way to go yeah so the, wow. here's, here's the 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 cool thing about therizinosaurus the first thing that scientists found related to this animal were its claws yeah which are three foot long pointed Freddy Krueger claws. Now, as you can imagine, this confused the hell out of out of the paleontologists who discovered them. They had no clue what they belonged to, what they were used for. If you look at the original fossil, the first thing you think is these were probably big. Oh, cutting but look at tools. look at its face. Look at its teeth and its mouth. It's an herbivore. Yeah, it's an herbivore, yeah. and that's this uh, is a ground sloth. This a, is a this a is an anteater. Yeah. This is a a digger. So yeah, they oh. they think initially they oh. when they first found those claws, they thought this thing was slashing it at, at other dinosaurs with these. It's like entering their nightmares. Yeah, but then they found the rest of the skeleton, and in in actuality, it's 
like Sean described, it's a big, dumpy ground sloth that just happened to have these three-foot-long claws, probably for grasping vegetation and eating it. Wow. Ripping open termite mounds or something. Yeah. yeah and they were really big. They were like 33 harmless. feet long. Yeah. yeah really? Yeah, it's a ground sloth. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's, you learned something. Thank you, Thomas. You just... <laughs> Taught me. I never heard of these things. They're, they're awesome. really they're neat, and they are they're pretty pretty dumb looking when they recreate the entire skeleton. But yeah, a lot of these the pictures that I'm pulling up they they have feathers. They have like they look like yeah. birds, and like uh, they literally kind of look like a like a river duck, like a regular river duck. But yeah. instead, they of, look like a Dr. Seuss creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do look like that. Real long necks <laughs> so, though. So, are there any mammals on your list? Uh, did we get to the Cenozoic at we're, all? We're Is in the Cenozoic. I, I just have one. I have one mammal because people, I think, are more familiar with kind of the scary mammals of the Cenozoic. So, I didn't yeah. bother with Smilodon or anything like that. Right, um, right. I guess the one I chose is probably is probably one that people may be familiar with, but that's the giant short-faced bear oh, yeah. of okay. the Pleistocene. <laughs> um yeah, if that name doesn't doesn't creep you out, um, imagine uh, a bear that is twelve feet tall. Mm. Um, now, the story behind how we know how tall the thing is is um, is probably not what you're thinking. It's not necessarily from their skeleton, but the story that I read is um, they think that the the largest ones were around twelve feet tall because they find their claw marks on the tops of of caves, twelve feet. Um, oh, yeah. Up Whoa. to the ceilings of caves. You think they could have stacked each other on top, like piggyback uh, <laughs> rides? Yeah. No. Yeah. Then they'd be less terrifying and a little bit more yeah. funny and cute. Right? Yeah. Goofy. Yeah. But their arms are really long compared to bears that you see nowadays. Yeah. Looks yeah. Like. They're they're slightly different in their proportions. They have these kind of long limbs and uh, a short face, unlike like the modern mm-hmm. bears. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were if you were someone living during the time um it's probably a i don't the uh, clan of the cave bear is that what uh is she named after a, a, a short-faced bear yeah, i don't remember I, I think there i think there are cave actual cave bears represented that it's been a long time since i read it though so i, I don't i don't yeah. remember now humans and these things did coexist yes cool yeah um, so so we ooh. had to look out for these things and a lot of other scary things. Oh, I, I that's could, terrifying. Yeah, I, I, I d- didn't want to list everything because I know people are more familiar with like, oh, saber-toothed yeah. cats and things. Um, Give me a call. I, disco- I did discover, if we have enough time here, something cool. Um, uh, one of my good friends is just is publishing a, a fossil inventory of Big Bend National Park. And I was, I was uh, asked to review his manuscript. And so I had to go through these hundreds of different things that have been discovered from Big Bend. And I learned a lot about stuff that's uh, that was uh, discovered in Cenozoic rocks. Hmm. And one of those things, I'm a I'm a big geek when it comes to mustelids. That makes me yeah. even more of a geek. I think they're the coolest group of mammals because they're so weasels and things, weasels and and badgers, wolverines, and wolverines. Yeah. foxes um, in there. No, not oh, me. No, um, but they're just kind of cool. They're kind of cool. They're great. Yeah, mean, robust animals. Well, apparently, um, one thing that was discovered in Big Ben, and this could go on the list of terrifying stuff, um, was a wolverine mm. that lived in the Miocene in Big Ben um, wow. called uh, Megalictus. 
Megalictus. Uh, and some people who who um, study these things think that, that Megalictus was like the size of a black bear. Wow. So if, if you can imagine wow. something that has the disposition of a badger or a wolverine that's the size of a North mm. American black bear. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they used to th- they used to think that um and this has been kind of dispelled uh, since they found more more uh parts of the skeleton that uh the these big mustelids filled in the cat gap of the early part of the Cenozoic when there weren't any predatory cats to fill that kind of agile predator mm, niche. Yeah. Um, so they thought it might have been these big weasel-like animals. Interesting. Wow. Okay, so I've got, I've, how, how much time do we have, Connor? We're, we're just about there, baby. Okay, so I've got, I've got one more to cap it all off. All People right. are going to be familiar with this one, but i got to mention it. Megalodon. Uh, the biggest ever. Yeah, 67-foot-long shark, and it didn't go extinct too long ago wait when three and a half million years ago three and a half million. we were Not, we weren't even like a rat yet well no, we were we're, we were, were primates so. yeah we were figuring things out but we yeah. probably we probably weren't swimming in the ocean oh okay um, well yeah megalodon on purpose <laughs> no <laughs> so this is at the end of uh that newer uh jurassic park movie this is the megalodon this is the one that comes out of the swimming pool is that I, right? I, I don't remember that. Maybe, maybe. I think that, you know, I you're think thinking of Mosasaurus. Like a, yeah. Yeah. That's a Mosasaurus. Oh, maybe that, that was a Mosasaurus. It's grabbing okay. a shark. Yeah, it's grabbing it's a eating, shark. It's eating a great white. Yeah, uh, this yeah thing that's right. Is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Megalodon wow. was bigger than a humpback whale. My goodness. Wow. If you need a reference point there. Terrible. And, and, and uh, to, to keep things short, not much description required. No. It's Jaws. 67 foot. Yeah. Great white shark. Right. Although some people think that it might have looked more like a basking shark or a whale shark or something, but wow! In either case, that big sharp teeth um, definitely deserves a spot on definitely. my on my definitive list of creepy things. Well, there good you list, have it, Thomas. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write in Sean Graham here at the bottom because I yeah. guess. <laughs> hey guys, see you later. <laughs> see you later, Sean. Well, now now you have the list. You can go and do some research. Find uh, your favorites and share them with your friends. Yeah. And talk, or share, talk share more on our, science on our, about on everything. Our, on our Facebook or give us a call. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, for uh, Science Nights in the Morning, we'll see you next week. See you next week. For our special Halloween episode. Yeah, our final spooktacular episode. Final spooktacular episode. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of Science Nights in the Morning. Be sure and follow us on Patreon for exclusive gear and uncut episodes. Check out the latest science articles on our Facebook page and subscribe to us on YouTube and your favorite podcast listening app. You can also listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time at BigBenRadio.com. And if you got a question, we'll join the discussion. Hit the hotline at 432-217-1983 and record your message. We couldn't do this without you, and thank you so much for listening each and every week. That's Science Nights in the Morning with a K, and we'll see you next time.